0: All right. Welcome, everybody. And now I can actually see Robbie for whatever reason. So, uh, (laughs) we're experiencing some weird unknown things. Robbie's kind of a ghost to us right now, but nonetheless, my name is Nate. Uh, I'm the co founder and CEO of Structurally. And today we have April with us from the Danny Blaine real estate team. April, can you tell us a little bit about yourself while Maybe Robbie can or cannot hear us.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, I want to make sure I'm coming through clear. Can you guys hear yep, me? We
2: can. Okay. Yep.
1: Awesome. My name is April, and I'm with the Danny Lane Real Estate Team. Um, currently, I, I was a full time ISA for three years. Um, now I am currently part time ISA and part time ISA manager. So, I do still do live active ISA from the morning till noon. And then from noon till the evening, I am managing, training, and overseeing the platform and our agents and leads. <laughs> um, currently, my stats are forgive me, they change all the time. So, I got to look. I am. Uh,
2: <laughs> That's funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I, I can't keep track of the numbers. Um, thing I'm over 113,000 calls made. Um, over <laughs> over 60,000 emails sent. Over 47,000 texts. Are you still there?
0: I I kind of am. Can you uh, can you see me?
1: No, I don't see you, and I see a pan of Robbie. I still.
0: I think Robbie has sufficiently broken this. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, Robbie's just gonna be there. <laughs> He's just gonna be there smiling, I guess, since I can't <laughs> see. <the air. laughs> okay. So I guess just keep okay. going.
1: <laughs> um I am at a roughly around a thousand three hundred appointments set and a little bit over four hundred closings year to date.
0: Okay, great. Um, so, can you tell us a little bit about your your current role today, and maybe how it's changed since you started with with your team?
1: Sure, absolutely. I was privileged to come on board with Kevin Blaine himself. I was his original ISA, so founder from from the beginning. Um, I got the pleasure to go over and travel and see. Robbie and Jim and Eric and train with them personally. They've been a huge blessing in our life. Um, so yeah, uh, from the beginning, from just not really knowing how to do it or what to do or what to expect, to today, um, I oversee four other ISA and do. We do currently manage and have managed up to fifty agents and forty, some thirty to forty taking leads. So um, my mornings are pretty busy. I do my own. um, We come in. I come in at 730 a.m. and pretty much do my leads and my sales as an ISA till around noon. And then at around noon, I check out and begin. I put on the management hat and I am um, making sure our ISAs are accountable. I am going over current appointments set with them. Um, We're trying to hold a pretty high standard for what the appointment set look like for for our agents. Um, I'm taking a look at who's converting. I am um, also looking at our different agents' conversions. So more of a management role and also providing training for the ISAs. Because I think it's, I've been in this role three years and since the role is pretty new overall in the industry, I think it's kind of up to ourselves to consistently grow and find new material. And we're constantly trying new things and seeing what works. So just constantly providing um, new ways for our ISAs to get better.
0: That's awesome. And could you uh, first of all, like, where what are what are some of the tech tools you're using today? So you had mentioned like you start the morning with your leads. Where where are those leads coming from? Are those different than the ISA leads that they're working, you know, come noon? Kind of what's the, your lead, set the stage a little bit on your tech scene.
1: Yeah, sure. So we have a basic CRM, we use Sync. Um, and then we use, we have, um, I know all ISAs and every team is different. That's one thing I've learned by studying ISAs the way I do, is that all teams are different, very unique, and uh, I would say some specialize in some things. We specialize in online, typical online leads, such as Zillow, Realtor.com, Facebook, Facebook Back At You, uh, Dave Ramsey. Those are some of our traditional lead sources. Um, So my day, when I come in, um, any new leads on the platform, There's typically two of us at all times. So shifts start from 7.30 till 4.00 and then one comes in at 12.30 till 9.00. All leads are round-robin amongst the ISAs. So um, typically everybody is getting a consistent new lead source a day. Um, New leads, fresh leads, if you will. Then we Mm -hmm. also might have something a little different than a lot of teams uh, because of our team's size and the amount of conversions we do, we do do a lot of advertising. So we do have a hotline, and that phone does ring. And so typically, whomever has that hotline, um, it's, not, it's something you usually have to earn, because you have to be very quick, because those are coming in line. You've got to be very, pretty much, I know this is a hard thing to measure, but you've got to be very intuitive, and you've got to be very good. Uh, people skills and getting them to talk because that phone can ring up to once every mm-hmm. 15 minutes.
0: And how many, how many ISAs do you have? I'm sorry if I missed that.
1: That's okay. It's me and four others. So four and a half.
0: Okay. And what are, what are their uh, ranges of experience?
1: Um. So I have one that's been here two years and then two that have been here one year. And one that's brand new that we're currently okay. working on. And
0: so, um, you know, this is probably a little bit uh, a deeper question that I want to continue to dive into. But, you know, you had mentioned that getting access to the hotline is a high privilege. How do you set criteria for them to gain that access, gain that privilege? Um, is it just simply based on experience? What What are your criteria for that?
1: Well. That's normally when a new ISA comes in, they're typically trained for 90 days before they're going to access new leads or the hotline. So they are shadowing, they're sitting with us. Um, I do a lot of one-on-one where I put the lead on speaker and let them hear the questions we ask. Um, We typically have a set form of information that um, we are to do our best to, uh, in conversation, get the information from the lead. So um, our new ISA is, her name is Myra. When she sits, she hears us questions so many different ways, so many just lead the Mm -hmm. conversation so that when we come to a point where we dial and I let her take the lead, it is on speaker. And if at any time she gets stuck, she backs away and I take over the conversation in a fluid Motion, So that way there's no um, hiccup yeah. there. So we do that quite a bit until she is comfortable. Um, even then, uh, I like to listen to them, dial, hear them for quite a bit because there's so many different scenarios yeah. in real estate that come across the hotline that she has to be comfortable with taking agent referrals. She's got to be comfortable in maneuvering sellers, um, competitive listings, many, many different scenarios on mm-hmm. that hotline.
0: So you're, uh, you're, you're allowing those, those new ISAs to work leads that aren't new to start for the first 90 days. What, what type of leads are they calling? Um, tell me about what those first 90 days okay. are like.
1: So typically the first 30 days, a lot of learning, a lot of role playing, a lot of a lot of uh, industry language, real estate, the whole new language, Um, a lot of opening to us. So there's hours of listening to us. Uh, There's hours just learning our CRM. Um, There is hours in learning our agents and what their specialties are and who's good at what. So there's so much inform almost information overload when an ISA first starts. So then when we actually get them comfortable with the CRM and they're watching my girls do follow ups and the dials and everything, then it's time for them to get comfortable with Mojo and loading Mojo and that whole A dance that we do with Mojo. (laughs) And so once they get there and we are actually giving her leads, it's typically the older leads, the ones that, um, maybe we never got, maybe they're just attempted contacts and there's a lot, been a lot of dials on them, but just a lot to practice on and with. So they're typically the older ones.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's a lot of that's, I, I know that's what, uh, what Robbie teaches as well to, you know, ISAs don't get the privilege of the new leads until a certain period of time that they get the a, a work through the crappy leads <laughs> um, and, you yeah. know, kind of earn their stripes that way. Um, when they actually, you know, when they do graduate to the new leads, what do you think the best... What do you think the... Um, why do you think that ISAs might not be successful after a certain period of time? You know, you said you had... You had a, uh, you had an ISA that's been there for two years. Is that your most experienced other than yourself?
2: Okay. Yes. And,
1: and we have, have had um, ISA stay okay. longer, but they just went into being a full-time agent. So they still are on okay. the team, but they just went down. So way. do
0: you think that that is a a successful career path is to, to graduate ISAs into agents, because I know that's a little bit different than what Robbie might believe. How do you think that's working out?
1: No, that's not my preference (laughs) ever. Um, I think uh, if it's my uh, goal, long-term goal is to set this up in a way where my ISAs are very successful and they don't want to leave and um, to keep them, as long as they can and as long as they're happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really a personality type and this particular ISA was an excellent ISA. She is now an excellent agent and she is one of our top convertiver- converters because of her experience mm-hmm. in ISA. So I fault her for that, but, um, I think her D was so high. She was just, she's going to, I'd be a definitely a business owner as far as a real estate agent. Phenomenal. She's brilliant. so
0: what do you think is uh what do you think is the most important uh criteria or um you know aspect in your business that that keeps ISAs around that you know doesn't cause burnout from from my perspective, the ISA role is hard. It seems like a role that doesn't have a very long shelf life. It's it's exhausting. You get Hounded by people all day who, frankly, don't say a lot of nice things. Sometimes, what do you what do you do to combat the burnout?
1: Uh, we try to make our work environment especially fun and okay. positive and encouragement. Um, we do a lot of laughing, a lot of joking, and a lot of celebrating. And I think one thing that um, is important as a leader, I provide at least once a week um, videos, encouragement, um, it's encouraged. We have books that we all uh, read together and share. And so just the positive mindset, because like you're saying, this is a very, can be a very negative Mm -hmm. field all day. And so then I think it's okay. um, I think it's okay to admit like this has been a really rough week or a really hard day. And just acknowledge that and, and um, take a break. Take a break and refresh, reset, get the positive mindset. We it's are all 10, about positive 15. mindsets here and encouragement. And so um, acknowledging the hard things. And and we turn them into laughter because some of them are so bad. <laughs> some of the responses we get, some of the feedback, some of the texts, we, we, we turn them into laughter because... You have the stage. You
0: either laugh Mm -hmm. or you cry. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. What do you think is the uh, the uh, the typical ISA look like for you? I I assume I I think you mentioned that one of yours was uh, was a high D. I assume we we talk a lot about the disc profile here. What what are your your ISAs look like that you think are going to stay in the ISA role?
1: You know, it's interesting. One thing that I learned from Kevin, and I've kind of taken his approach on this, and it seems to be really working. All of my ISAs are extremely unique. And each one has specific strengths with specific lead types. Doesn't mean we don't work on our weaknesses. But I am finding that an IS or an SI the, the, the energy that comes from an eye, the intuitiveness, the ability to grab people and hold conversations, but the steadiness of an S to do all the notes and do all the tracking and do all the, um, it, it's working very, very well. Um, I am a off the chart I and a pretty doggone high D. And um, I can see where my weaknesses are not a good mm-hmm. fit. For what needs to be done in the everyday tracking, but I think it's my D that forces me to get it done. Um, but the S's can be trained to really track very well.
0: No, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I know. I, I think those are the the two that uh, that Robbie recommends for on the disc profile. Robbie, if that's wrong, please chime into the chat and let us know. Um,
1: I think we, I think they might have uh, suggested DCS. Okay.
0: I can't. I, we talk about it a lot. I just can't remember right now. So hopefully, he jumps in and confirms that. But I think that's always been really interesting. Is you know, you have to get the right mix of of ISAs, or you know, in the case that you're just hiring one, you have to you have to have that person who can definitely handle the note taking on their own. Is that's so important. That's one thing that I that I definitely hear from Robbie. I think he actually posted in Leeds Geeks yesterday something about how. Uh, the diligent ISAs are always taking notes um, and you have to be religious in that. So what are, uh, what are some of the things that your ISAs do on a daily basis, maybe inside your CRM that, uh, that you think, uh, maybe, maybe not only your CRM, but inside of all of your tools? What do they do on a daily basis do you, that you think uh, sets them up for success uh, in the future and on an ongoing basis?
1: First of all, answer the phone. Yes, That's a simple one. Um, Sometimes we can get so caught up in numbers that they have to do a certain amount of dials per day that they're dead set on getting the dials done that you can ignore opportunities right in front of you. So answer your phone, first of all. If that hotline's ringing, Zillai, whatever, take that first. Um, They're really good at, first of all, getting their mind right, being very positive. And today we are going to do this. We're going to accomplish X, Y, and Z. I always encourage them to write out what they're going to do every day. They are going to do it. Then set forth. So when you set forth, usually if you come in, priority is hot leads on the platform. If they land, we are our lead sources here in California. The market is extremely competitive. We've got about 30 to 60 seconds to get to them or we're Mm -hmm. going to lose them. So hot leads are a priority, getting them on the phone immediately. And then we have um, the lender in the office. So transferring them if, because our goals for the day, if, if this are, these are their goals, a couple hundred calls, but I'm more interested in contacts, 80 contacts, four appointments. That's our goal. Um, we do appointment reviews. So, so they're really successful at getting them on the phone and then transferring them to a lender. And mind you, this sounds really cut and dry. There's usually about eight to 15 minutes of conversation and getting to know them, getting, mm-hmm. connecting, getting pain points, pleasure points. Um, just, I think my ISAs are excellent at connecting mm-hmm. to people. And so we know that we've done a good job when the client actually wants. RISA to be their agents. And so I think they're really good at doing that, getting right to the lead, um, their communications in their CRM. Mm -hmm. We have a lot that is automated. We try to rely on automation. Um, So first I I would say the, the fresh leads, getting back to the ones that have responded, and then dialing correctly, watching who's active, watching who's alert, watching who's logging in, and then just going for it. Of course, we do do the 10 days of pain. So if we don't get them on the first try, we are dialing for 10 days and texting and emailing. Um, it, all of it's automated as far as the texting. Um, just staying on them and when with them, knowing that the first day uh, within 30 to 60 seconds is really important. The third day, the fifth day. And then after that, staying in contact with them, just. Setting up for once every two weeks to once every four weeks to filtering them out if they if they're not just attempting mm-hmm. contact.
0: And so you mentioned so if I did my math right. Your uh, your goal is eighty appointments a week. Is that right? Twenty per twenty per ISA per ISAs. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So eighty appointments yes. a week. How do you define an appointment?
1: Um. What we have. I have a a checklist, a sheet of things, of information that they need to get from the client. And it's basically, it's kind of, this sounds cut and dry and very cold. It doesn't happen like this. It's all in a very smooth, fluid, getting to know them conversation. So they're definitely not going through Mm -hmm. a checklist, but it's basically a mini pre-app. So we are finding out about the client. We are finding out because the goal is, the goal is either an appointment set with lender and agent appointment set with lender or a strategic follow-up. All of those are gold.
2: What follow-up. is a strategic follow-up? So,
1: they, Strategic follow-up is where you have gotten their motivation. You know, their timeframe. Um, we, my ISAs are taught to ask a lot of process questions. Oh, okay. So looking at in to buy in a year, awesome. What's making you wait a a year? Sometimes there's so many misconceptions that they think they have to wait a year. They think they have to have twenty percent saved. So um, finding out motivation, time frame, why, what's holding them back, and getting their permission to follow up again at a certain point. So all of those are gold. Um, They all take Mm -hmm. a lot of time. Um, I know tend to prize the appointment set first. Strategic follow-up is just money in mm-hmm. the bank later. So I, I put weight on equal and I expect equal for my yeah. ISAs. But so there should can you
0: be say those can you say ahead. those three appointment types again in case some people missed?
1: Okay. Okay. Um, the obviously the highest and most prized is the appointment set, like the pre-approval okay. of the lender and the agent. Okay. And then there's some that may be not quite ready to go to the agent. So it's just lender mm-hmm. and then strategic okay. follow up.
0: And then how are, how are your ISAs responsible for? So, uh, when, when they actually pass it off to uh, your lender or an agent, how are, how are, what's the, what's the pass off, uh, or the handoff look like?
1: So we're talking to them, we're finding out all this great information, their motivation, their time frame, their pleasure points, their pain points. We find out where they work. We find out what they believe their credit score is. If they've been there at their employer a couple years, we find out all this great information. If they're willing to talk to a lender right then, I am handing the phone. Um, our lender has put their ISA in okay. our office. So we are directly doing a pre-approval right there if we can get it. At that point, um, the lender is giving them right back to me and I am saying, okay, now you are looking in the because ha- we have, um, our team is a little bit different because we do cover four different counties. So the lead going to that county, I already have made a great um, connection with them. I already have the agent in mind. I've already mentioned them a few times in the conversation. And so at that point, the appointment is set with the agent to reach out. Our agents have a rule. Once we give them a lead, they have an hour to get to it. So they, the call is made, the text is sent. And I'm I'm telling them when I'm on the phone, I'm like, our agent so-and-so is amazing. He, he loves first-time buyers. He's so good with them. Super patient. He's going to answer all your questions. As soon as we hang up, he's going to text you his business card with a picture. And then he's going to call you okay. right behind that.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, so one, uh, one thing that I kind of want to switch gears on here is, is the actual strategic follow-up piece and the just general follow-up piece to unresponsive leads. Uh, a question that I have here from Robbie is how many, how many follow-ups each are your ISAs kind of responsible for in their pipeline at a single, at a single time? How many, how many leads are your ISAs each following up with today?
1: Okay, so I think there's a difference between um, how many leads are in yeah. their pipeline and how many leads that we would consider okay. viable leads. So they may have 5,000 in their pipeline, but they may be corresponding with about 3,000, and they may have up to 1,000 stri- strategic wow. follow-ups. And they are responsible to get at least, we try for, two a day.
0: Two. Strategic okay, follow-ups. Awesome. So, two strategic follow-ups a day and four appointments per day are your goals.
1: Those are. That's like you are like an
2: okay. achiever. Okay.
0: Cool. Are there any other goals, standards, um, you know, procedures that you have in place that uh, that are important to to kind of hitting those those numbers?
1: Yes. Um, we, we try to shoot for, once again, I try not to get caught up in um, the amount of dials because one thing I've learned about my ISAs watching their dials, I can have them blow through three or 400 dials, but that means they're not talking mm-hmm. to people. So I want to see the contacts is really what mm-hmm. I'm interested in because when I see the contacts go up, I see the strategic follow-ups go up. So I'm really, um, it, it can range depending on if they have the hotline, if a lot of new leads are landing, um, their dials can get interrupted, but we typically look for a couple hundred dials a day. Hi, Hi Robbie. Did that happen? So 800 to a thousand dials a week. And, um, let's see. About 400 contacts a week and our ISAs typically do get in between four to 500 contacts a week. Okay. Typically you talk to about 80 people a day to get four good appointments. 80
0: people, 80 contacts a day to get four appointments is what you're seeing for Mm a typical conversion rate.
1: Yeah, Typically typically 40 contacts will get you two.
0: Okay. Two appointments and then.
1: And so that's, and you gotta remember that's 80. Hey, you know what? Um, yeah, I do want to talk to you. Now's not a good time. but can I set a time late? Like you get you get those contacts, but it's it takes 80 of those to get the the decent.
2: Okay. Ones. Mm.
0: No, that's that's really helpful to help uh help me kind of grasp how many how many attempts are actually needed to be made here. Um you said you had a lot of the follow-up actually um well let me let's let's answer some of these questions. Actually, it looks like we had some questions on that. So Abby asks, "One ISA has eighty contacts a day over the phone. Seems like a lot. Uh, is that all over the phone? Is some of the is some of these happening over text and email too?"
1: Some of them are text. Okay. Some of them are text and then to phone. Some are yeah.
0: Okay. And Zach then asks kind of a similar question: How much dial times? How much dial time do your ISAs have a day uh, to hit? Four to six hours. To six hours. What was that? Four to
3: six Four hours. Four to
0: six hours. Okay. That's a lot of calling. P.S., of can time. you guys
3: hear me? Am I actually here? We,
0: we can hear you, Robbie. Can you hear us?
3: Can you can you see me? Because it shows me up on the screen with you guys. I just want to make sure.
0: Yeah. Can you see me? We, we can see you, Robbie.
3: Oh, my goodness watched <laughs> it, guys! I got to celebrate. I honestly have zero clue how I did this. No clue. I went in the same link literally twenty times. Anyways, I'm amped right now because I wanted to chime in like four hundred times. <laughs> um, can Can I ask a question real quick, April? Now that now that uh, Robbie T's back in the house.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Good. So, how many? Obviously, you 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 guys are are crushing it, and, and you got uh, you're having tons of conversations and. It, it, good. Everything you've shared is a lot of good stuff. Um, how many incoming leads do you guys have coming per month to to feed this machine that you guys have created?
1: We've got about 800 to 1200, okay. just depending on the season and the peak.
3: Cool. Awesome.
1: And so, these are prime leads. New so leads are they,
3: there's month. not a lot of PPC in there, I'm assuming. Is it a lot of like property inquiry leads? Give me a little more depth there.
1: Um, typical Zillow, realtor.com. They're probably our highest, highest source.
3: Okay, cool. Awesome. Just wanted to get some clarity there. That's great. Cool. to Cool to hear. Sorry, um, I just had to celebrate real quick. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and a lot, uh, We do get a lot of, uh, live people calling live through Zillow. Oh, okay. A lot. Um, clicking on the call button yeah. and going through mm-hmm. the hotline really rings. So we, I, I it can, I've seen it go off once every six minutes. So sure. we do get a lot of call action.
3: Mm-hmm. Cool.
0: And just one, one last kind of piece on this that Zach wants clarification on is how do you define a contact? Is that just anyone who responds to anyone who picks up the phone or anyone who responds to a text or email? Is that a contact no matter what they say?
1: No, it's a conversation. It's a conversation to get a call later. It's a conversation like we've talked to them, found out they're not interested. It, it's a conversation. And that can come through a text. Okay. But I see a lot of questions about what is 80 contacts, 80 conversations with people to get an answer of what to do with them next. Okay, And out of the 80, you might get 20, 16, 14, depending on the day. That leads you to those appointments. Okay, sure. The rest are going to be scheduling you for later, um, telling you about their grandma got sick, they're not ready to buy. You're going to get a lot. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And then I'm assuming, April, a lot of that as well is people that are just frankly not interested and say, April, take me off your list. Um, that's, that's a contact as well. I, and I don't think, I've always said that that's one of the major portions of this game is and i think you guys embrace it as well is get the no's quickly that way you can spend more yes. time on these yeses because that's what i'm hearing you say is you're just trying to go all in and spend more time nurturing touching taking care of servicing i call it loving uh you know that's really what you're doing is making sure those people feel like they they matter so is that kind of a, a good way to describe it
1: Yes. And uh, Robbie, I know, like you and Jim know, and people who have been in the game for a while, just because they say no right then Amen. does not mean they really know. Amen. So we keep them in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. And we, in six months, their activity may go way up. Yeah. And they call back in live.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, we have leads that have re-registered six different ways, you know, and yes. still telling us, no, they're not. <laughs> so,
3: yeah. There's always a, uh, a funny matrix between somebody's behavior and, uh, what they're sometimes telling you. And sometimes you just caught somebody on that, that bad day. And, uh, that's why in our world, I don't believe in ever like trashing a lead completely unless they literally say Robbie go, you know, you can fill in the words. We're all adults yes. here, hopefully. But if they say something like that along those lines, I, that's not someone I want to work with, frankly. I'll trash Mm -hmm. that stuff. But if somebody says, no, I'm not interested at all, heck, even if they have an agent, I'm not trashing that because stories change, behavior changes um, all the time.
1: Robbie, one thing that we actually found that works for us as a good strategy, um, like I said, we have very competitive lead sources. Mm -hmm. So um, especially one particular one. Sure. When that lead registers, their information is going out to a couple different agents. Mm -hmm. And everybody in this area has figured that out. Yes. So they are calling within them. Yeah. And so it's our job to get to it first. But all, a lot of those leads have agents. Mm. The one thing that we've discovered is we will set a follow-up in a week. Okay, I hope it works out great with your agent. Do you mind if I contact you to see how that showing went? Mm. And we will find out that it didn't go well. We weren't happy with the agent. Mm. Um, they never made the showing. And we get a lot of appointments like that.
3: I like that, April. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure to note that down. That's good. I like it. And then I'm sure sometimes they're like, it went really great. Who cares? Now at that point, you you have some better information. That's really good, April.
2: Yep.
0: Huh? Yeah, that's that's interesting. I would have never thought to do that.
3: Uh,
1: you well, if you look at agents' follow up overall. Typically and, and then I've I i we have called back and they've said, well, actually the agent called me back and let me know it's pending. Sure. So no, I never met with them.
3: <laughs> so truth.
1: They're just free.
3: Interesting.
1: And they're really thoroughly really impressed. We call back.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you ever had someone get mad when they, they called back? Never. No. Why not? Hmm. Why do you think people don't get mad? Even if they have an agent and it went well, they're committed to that agent. Why do you think that, that they're not getting mad at you or something along those lines?
1: I think it's rare nowadays to see any type of customer service. Everything is automated. Everything is routing you somewhere else. And the right. biggest complaint for clients is that their agents won't call them back. Yeah, so yes. here you have somebody actively providing customer service. They're not used to it and they like it.
3: It's mm. a very good point I agree with They're that very quiet. That's great
1: And they remember us Because we told them We're going to check in
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it
1: And sometimes they text us back Hey, thank you for checking Yeah, it went well And I'm working with them It's going great
3: Yep That's cool There's a reason you guys Are crushing it I was going to say uh, Up there But then I realized We're higher up than you guys So it's like over there <laughs> So anyways, I mean
2: it's it, 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 that's,
0: right? that's great, that's cool. Yeah, so I think we've we've touched a lot on tools and and processes and things like that, which has been great. Uh what do you think what do you think just simply makes the most successful ISA uh mm. out of out of your four, you don't have to name them, who are the most successful, successful who aren't, but they have their days. What do you think makes them successful on a day-to-day basis?
1: Being diligent about the processes,
2: mm.
1: whether you feel like it or not. Um, being extremely good listeners and intuitively asking the right questions. My best ISAs extract the most information and the client literally gets off the phone feeling like they just made a new friend. Mm. And so that, I think every single one of my ISAs are trained that way. and um, I tend to, we tend to pick and hire people who tend to have that naturally. That's part of their nature, Mm -hmm. and they're warm. They exude warmth over the phone. Mm. This is what I've noticed consistently that I can say for ISAs and agents across the board. And I say this all the time: whether you're a top-producing agent or whether you're a top-producing ISA, the one consistent thing I can see is they are positive and warm. Mm. If there is any chance of moving that lead forward or that client forward to conversion, it's such a positive, warm, informative, educational, uh, customer service, get to know them type of process mm. with my ISAs and top Converting Agents. Mm. They're positive. They provide information in such a positive way that the clients get excited <sighs> Mm. Um, I think our ISAs are consistently good at providing excitement over the phone, genuinely excited for the home buyers. Mm. And um, it, it works. I can hear them smiling. So love it. that and the consistency with the process.
3: Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so I, I got to ask, and first off, April, I agree with you a billion percent that you got to have a system and a process for everything. Um, and here, here's what I heard you say, just so we recap it. ISAs need to be great processors. They got to stick with the system. They got to be asking really great questions. Um, and, uh, they got to be diligent listeners. Um, earlier you said they got to be diligent note takers and they got to be very positive and warm. Um, and what's really funny with this is, um, when you bring up the warmth and positivity, that's the one that probably matters the most actually, because if they're cold and, and negative on the phone, um, you're not going to convert even if you do the rest of those things. And I, the reason I want to I talk about this real quick is all you're saying with that is that you're focused on them making somebody feel like they matter. And I always say that logic makes us think and emotion makes us act. And it sounds like what your ISAs, and I've seen this among the best ISAs out there, is you make people feel like they matter. And again, it's a feeling. You're, the warmth and positive, positivity makes it feel like uh, I'm somebody. And I agree with you a hundred percent that customer service is something that is, and I actually think it's always been an art um, and that warmth and positivity is just an art form. And there's different dialects. Our ISAs typically are DCs and CDs um, or balanced, right? But the reality is, is it's all focused on how do you make somebody feel on the phone and do they feel like they matter? And if they don't, you're not going to convert them. End of story in my mind.
1: I, I totally agree, uh, Robbie. I think we have one of the hardest jobs is to act. I call it BTOP, building trust over the phone. Yeah. And it's a skill and yeah. it takes time to get really good at it, to right. ask the right questions client, they got to feel safe with you. And typically, Mm. to set really good appointments. I have a 10 set questionnaire that all my ISAs have to get this information to set the appointment. Now, of course, the client doesn't know. Sure. But there are 10 things that need to be and I do go through my ISAs appointments Mm. and make sure that that's in there. And um, if they didn't get it, why, you know, where did you get stuck? And typically, we get stuck with these the D personality. Those are the ones that typically, you know, (laughs) got to handle a little bit. Yeah. But, um, it is, it is that building the trust over the phone. If you can do that, you will convert.
3: Amen. And you know, if you were to give some advice here, um, obviously your, your people, you kind of talked about this, but how would you advise someone to become a better listener? Um, what do you do to practice those skills? Because some people have it innately. Um, some people have to work at it. Um, and I'm sure you have a combination of both within your ISAs. And, and even if you have it innately, you can always get better. So what would you do and what have you guys done to practice those listening skills?
1: Um, when we role play or when they hear how I take a phone call in the, in the training portions, um, we will actually correct each other mm. and I will purposely role play and I will throw out little tidbits, pleasure points, pain points that if they're listening correctly, they can dial in on.
2: Sure.
1: And uh, there's certain questions that if you ask them, they open up a can of worms <laughs> and you will get the information. Yeah. And so knowing those key questions and when to insert them that they feel safe. Yep you will get the information. So we practice and, um, I will, you know, stop or they will stop me and say, Hey, I just let you know that, you know, I'm a client. I'm living in a house. that's overcrowded. Well, that was a perfect opportunity for you to ask. Okay. So tell me a little bit about that. Um, how long have you lived there and let them talk, just let them talk, ask questions and let them talk
3: ask questions and let them talk. It's funny because we just released a new game called conversations. And if you ever, if you buy it, if you use it, it's honestly, it's just that it's when people bring things up far too many times, the biggest saying I see people make is they move on too quickly to the next. So when somebody says their home is too overcrowded, you instantly move on past that. When you, what you just did, the brilliance of it was you just did tell me more. And that's just always been my argument. The best script in the book is some form of tell me more. And that's all you did. Give me some more insight behind that. Tell me a bit more about that. That is the best script in the book. And uh, that is what leads. And and it's really weird. And, And tell me if you agree with this, April. But from my experience, what happens is you ask that at probably three, four minutes into the conversation. And it's where the meat is. And there's almost always like a pause after you ask it. And it's almost like they're contemplating, uh-oh, am I going to let this all out? And then boom, the emotion comes out behind it. it it's weird. Yeah. And the ISAs, you're dotting, because you get it. You know exactly what's going on. But the best ISAs will tell you, when you ask, tell me more type questions, there's going to be a contemplative moment where the lead literally is questioning, like, do I trust this person enough? Am I in a safe enough place? And it's crazy because they, you, what comes out next, the overcrowding is a surface level response and beneath that is going to be so much randomness because that overcrowding could be a billion things. It could be, we have twins. I just adopted my 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 brother's kids because he passed away. Yep. You don't know yep. what it's going to be, but it's almost always yep. when you hear things like that, when you use Tell Me More, that's where the meat is. Uh, so I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring that up. <sighs>
1: And that is where you do your connecting and that's where you do your mm. empathizing and that's where you show some compassion. And that's when they understand you're human and you care. You don't care about what you know until they know you care. Amen. So it's, I, if I focus on anything, mm-hmm. the hardest of my eyes especially at first yeah. is learning uh, positions in the conversation to connect.
3: Yeah. I love that.
1: Connect but- And get the information, connect and get the information.
3: Over and over and over again. I love that. That I like that you said that. That's what makes us human, yeah, and that's that's the key. I, that's that's great. By the way, April, mm-hmm. somebody requested that they want the ten questions. Would you be willing to share that with the listeners uh, of today? Uh, if you yeah. email that to, to Nate, I think Nate could find a way to get it sent out to everybody, uh, so we can get them a copy of your your ten questions that you're using. I
2: okay. I
3: can do that. I can do that awesome. too.
0: Yeah. So does, Robbie, do you have any other questions for, for April before we, uh, we wrap up with our, our less ISA and real estate questions?
3: Yeah, I, I can't think of anything. Uh, April as always, this was, uh, sorry, I missed about, uh, I don't know, 50%, 60% of it. Uh, I think it's funny by the way that you guys could see me and hear me. I had zero clue. Uh, I don't know how it's happening and <laughs> I don't know how I got back in, but I, I'm glad I, I did because, uh, April, you know, you're, you're one of our favorites and, uh, uh, we think much alike. Um, and, and uh, I love your perspective. You, you brought some major value for these people today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank
1: you so much. And I want to thank once again, Eric, Robbie, Jim, you all, just the whole crew. We uh, yeah. love you guys. We miss you guys. Um, for great sure. place to learn right here. Great resource. And <laughs> also acknowledge all my essays. I got girls under me that are amazing. And we're we're hitting over a thousand clothes total for um all time record. And so we're just really looking forward to doing a lot of good things this year. My I I think I have the strongest team I've ever had. I so love it's it. it's amazing.
3: That's great, April. And you're a great leader for them. That's super cool. Yeah.
0: Can you leave us Thank with you. any book recommendations?
3: PS, I'm um, going to have one more question after the book question, PS. Okay. I forgot to ask it. But yes, book recommendations.
1: <laughs> 12 Pillars, I really enjoyed and our girl's read it. That is a good one. It's called oh. 12 Pillars. Okay. Mhm. And right now we're reading Jumpstart Your Thinking by Maxwell. Ah, sure keeping your mind positive. Mm. So there's a couple for cool. you.
3: Yeah, those are great. Robbie, what do you got? What questions? Hey, so, I, 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 you know, this is, uh, I've always been a lead geek. So I, I, try to end this every time with, uh, the question of, and I usually ask the question, April, uh, are you more of a fan of, of star Wars or game of Thrones? And, uh, I got a bad feeling you're going to say neither. Um, so, uh, we may have to have a debate about that. Uh, Game of Thrones is a little not PG. I get that part. Anyways, is there anything that's super, uh, and Leanne taught us, is anything that's like super nerdy to you that you, you love getting into? Super geeky, nerdy that you maybe don't even tell anybody else. <laughs> the
1: only thing that I, I think that I'm a little bit OCD about is I'm an online researcher. And okay. whatever I'm interested. In. So yeah. I can spend hours digging myself into rabbit holes on whatever I'm looking. And it could be a researching ISAs or <laughs> sure. just whatever my mind is focused on. Yeah, I am a very geeky with reading books, very geeky with constantly growing. Love it. So that, that's me.
3: That's great. I love and it.
1: no, neither Game of Thrones or Star Wars. <laughs> I love it. I'm more of a this is up type of person.
3: Ah, love that. That's super good. My, my yeah. internal goal is to make geeks cool again or cool to begin with. I don't, I don't know if that's probably cool to begin with, but I'm working on it.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me guys. Yeah.
0: We yes. appreciate it, April. Um, and we're not done yet. So as we, as we usually do with, uh, with our webinars, we do a giveaway, but unfortunately we're not doing, okay. we're not doing a giveaway today, but we have something equally as exciting and something that I'm very excited about in that structurally has a new feature that we've been uh, that we've been waiting to roll out for this one. So with that, I'm gonna try something I've never done before, which is to share my screen. I don't know Uh-oh. what's gonna happen, but I'm gonna try that could it. break it.
3: <laughs> can anyone see my screen? I can see it. It's itty bitty, but I'm probably because I'm a presenter.
2: Yeah, I can see it. It's itty-bitty. That's
3: me. Well,
0: anyway, <laughs> if you can see the screen, it's, it should say something like, <clears throat> introducing smart nurture, which is the feature. Smart nurture is very similar to what you were actually mentioning, April, in that you call them strategic follow-ups. We are calling it smart nurture. It's essentially when a lead becomes responsive and they are saying a few things, you know, hey, I'm just looking around right now. We can we continue the conversation. That's what Structurally does. We we have qualifying conversations via text with your leads. Uh, what is your time frame to move? Are you working with an agent? Financing status, uh, price range, beds, baths, this, that, and the other. We get that information. But a lot of leads, as you can attest to, both of you, say something like, "Don't waste your time. I'm not. Mo- I'm not looking to move for another year and a half or so." So. Up until this point, we would just say, got it, no problem. We'll connect with you later. And that would be the end of it. Now, with Smart Nurture, we actually will follow up with them in that uh, period of time that they may have told us. So if they're saying something like, in this case, I'm looking to move sometime next year. So we say, great, we'll be in touch with you next year. But obviously, it doesn't make sense to connect with them again exactly 365 days later you want to do a little bit of nurturing up until that date. So we actually would reach out to a lead looking in the next year, about 180 days later, and continue to follow up with them for the course of a few months up until their timeframe to move. So we take care of that all automatically for you through our new Smart Nurture feature. That's awesome. Yeah. it's, funny it's uh, Oh, go ahead, Nate. I, it sounds very similar to... to uh, the strategic follow-up, which I did not know you guys did.
3: It's, uh, Nate, can I, can I share the picture of when we kind of, can I tell the story of how we mocked this up? Yes. So, so Nate and I were in Minneapolis, was it a couple months ago, Nate now? Probably. Yep. And we, we, uh, when we mocked this up, we were talking about this. Um, and it's kind of a funny story. We went to the university of Minnesota And we went to their library and that place was packed. There was no place. And I'm a whiteboard fan. Um, Anyways, I'm going to show a picture here and I think you'll be able to see it. Uh, We broke into some random building. Don't tell the U of M and these whiteboards you can move. And we just geeked out and everything you see was uh, um, everything they created was from that whiteboard. So funny story. Trespass uh, yeah. and uh, breaking and entering, Nate, uh, led to Dread something great. Trespass, no, we did not. We didn't break. We didn't. It, we're, we're. I'm making it sound like we were more ba than we actually are. We just literally uh, walked in because the door was unlocked into a random building. We break, in, we break, in, we're <laughs> out. That's what we yeah, do. Break. <laughs> yeah, more like door opening awesome. and closing is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you want to check out
0: the feature that uh, started as a whiteboard brain, uh, brain session, <laughs> check out slash smart nurture. That will be available always. We will send that link out in a follow up email, um, as well as on our on structurally social media, uh, as well as this webinar will be automatically sent out to you uh, in a recording via email in about two hours. We'll put it up on the Structurally YouTube channel. We'll post it on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. There's going to be no shortage of finding this great uh, webinar with April, Uh, as well as it will be on theisaradio.com as a podcast. So I'll just Mm. check that out, theisaradio.com. Be sure to subscribe to that. You'll be able to listen back to all of our great interviews with top ISAs, like April. Uh, in the past and all future uh, uh, interviews with top ISAs coming up. So, with that, I guess thank you guys. Thank you, Robbie, for joining halfway through. It was it was great to have you <laughs>
1: and,
3: and you could join us.
1: Better late than never. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Thank you guys. Take thank care, April.
3: Everybody. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate all right, it you. Too. Love y'all. Yep. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.